Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Yes, we're back with another week of travel news, travel tips, and travel chats. (laughs) Oh boy, where is the time going? Thanksgiving is upon us. And uh, we've got some travel tips for you today for the holiday season, for travel, of course. And also, we're going to talk about how the Native Americans think about Thanksgiving, because we have to honor them as well and be inclusive because it is a day of mourning for them too. But yes, we don't lose sight that it is also a day that we give gratitude and we all spend time with family, even Native Americans, they will spend time with their family. It's always a good time to come together with food. But the holiday itself, the origins of the holiday is what we're talking about here. Also, I'm sure you've heard of Dr. Sebi and his village in Honduras. Well, Dr. Sebi was an herbalist and naturalist linked to celebrities like Lisa Left Eye Lopez, remember her, amongst other celebrities. And he believed that mucus and acidity caused disease. He held that eating certain foods and avoiding others could detoxify the body, achieving an alkaline state that could reduce the risk and effects of disease. So chatting with me today is Maya Danielle McKee, a digital creator who spent 21 days at Dr. Sebi's Usha Village in Honduras in search of a healthier lifestyle. We always want to keep our health top of mind. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. First, let's get into a little Thanksgiving news. Now, Thanksgiving 2022, we're now getting back to the pre-pandemic levels of visiting family, getting kind of back to some normalcy, back to our routines. And there's a survey that's conducted talking about Thanksgiving, even, you know, during the pandemic and now, and how Americans are looking at ways to be thankful, especially this Thanksgiving season. Seize Candles surveyed the nation to discover what people are thankful for this year. And here's what a thousand Americans had to say. Most Americans are still looking forward to Thanksgiving this year. Over 87% who were surveyed said they're looking forward to celebrations. And 77% of the respondents cite their families as the main reason for their gratitude. I know I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my parents and being able to spend as much time with them as possible. Grateful for my nieces and nephews and siblings and the closeness of our family. So I'm part of that 87%. This year will be different for most because most are getting away from the Zoom Thanksgiving meetings, right? We're reconnecting with our families. More than half of those surveyed are planning to celebrate with their families this year and that includes traveling to see family. The turkey is still the star of the show. However, based on reports this year, the price of turkeys have gone up dramatically. So if you don't already have your turkey, you're gonna pay 
premium or you're going to be left with a frozen turkey or if you buy it in advance just go ahead and freeze it because there is going to be a turkey shortage not as many around as in previous years and the price is going to be higher so i tell you one i don't know what the availability is but if you haven't i love popeye's turkey yes you can buy it in advance just pop it in the oven and it's all seasoned and everything it's really good but you have to put your order in well in advance now what about what people are serving cranberry sauce is still at the top of the list of course desserts we all look forward to those desserts and stuffing of course as well there are some different traditions that people break for thanksgiving those people who maybe only do turkey legs or turkey wings or those who don't do turkey at all maybe they're going to do a duck or they're going to do a brisket or something like that or maybe they're going to have a, a variety but turkey is definitely still the star feeling thankful for family is still at the top of the list the overwhelming majority of people surveyed over 80 percent are thankful for their families and friends as well and people are also thankful for their jobs you know there's been a big shift since 2020 and what's happening with the job market so people are really thankful for having jobs or maintaining their jobs. Thanksgiving traditions, feasts fit for family. We also have the parade since 1924. New York has been the home of the famous Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I know it's something I look forward to watching on television. I don't watch the entire parade, but I do like to tune in and see some of the floats. It's tied for second oldest Thanksgiving parade with America's Thanksgiving parade in Detroit. The three-hour parade is held in Manhattan and has been televised nationally by NBC since 1952. Prior to that, it was covered via radio broadcast. The parade airs early in the morning from 9 a.m. to noon. And, and this is, of course, Eastern time, and it's how many families kick off their Thanksgiving festivities. Marching with the parade are school bands, floats, giant balloons of popular children characters. I think those are the ones that we are all looking forward to and hoping for good weather. Celebrity musicians, of course, actors and socialites. Broadway performers also take part by singing popular show tunes. The Wishbone. Do you still do that in your family? I don't remember the last time we did it. I know when we were younger there was always the fight over the wishbone. So I don't know if families are still doing that. Let me know. This is the wishbone that's found in the turkey. And of course, to see who gets to split the wishbone and who gets the larger portion of it. That's the one who's going to have the better luck of the year. Now, how about some frequently asked questions about Thanksgiving? Why is it so late? Well, future presidents followed Lincoln's example of annually declaring the final Thursday in November to be Thanksgiving. But in 1939, President Franklin Roosevelt declared November's fourth Thursday as Thanksgiving rather than the fifth one. So why the fourth Thursday? President Franklin Roosevelt declared November's fourth Thursday as Thanksgiving rather than the fifth one. FDR thought an earlier Thanksgiving would give the merchants a longer period to sell goods before Christmas. So that's why. What week number is Thanksgiving in 2022? Well, Thanksgiving is week number 47. And what about activities? Some of the traditional activities, again, as far as practicing gratitude and remembering what we're 
grateful for and really speaking on it. Volunteering is an activity before sitting down to enjoy a nice warm meal at home. I know my parents will often do that, especially going to help feed the homeless, volunteering and helping out or their coat drives, but definitely volunteering. And those who are not as fortunate to have a a big or home cooked meal that volunteers will help bring those families together or to offer them something to be thankful for. Baking a pie. Pies are one of the classic Thanksgiving staples. Pecan pie, pumpkin pie, apple, cherry, all of them. You know, I'm not a big fan of sweet potato pie. I know that's very big in our family. And most of my family really love sweet potato pie, but not me. I'm just not a big fan on sweet potato. But pecan pie I love. And of course, I love apple pie. But one tradition that has become very popular especially in major cities, is eating out. I know my husband and I, we eat out every Thanksgiving. We really look forward to it. And I still cook on Friday, for example. And then I have some of those traditional, like my greens. I have to have my greens and I have to have my black eyed peas. And I know that's also a Christmas and a New Year's Eve tradition, but those are the two things that I like to have as well. And oh, my macaroni and cheese. Yes, have to have macaroni and cheese. Any black household is going to have macaroni and cheese on the table for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and possibly New Year's Eve as well. But one thing I've noticed over the years as I've been married uh, 36 years is that every year it's more and more popular to dine out, especially in the big cities. It used to be difficult for us to find restaurants that were open and restaurants that were open that had their full menus. And now it's hard to get reservations. You have to get your reservations in well in advance and restaurants are packed. More are available and more have their full menus available. So yes, that is now becoming a tradition. Now let's talk about amazing facts about Thanksgiving. Four towns named Turkey. In the United States, there are four different towns that are named Turkey. They're in Arizona, Texas, North Carolina, and Louisiana. They're all named turkey. A lot of calories are consumed. The average number of calories consumed during Thanksgiving festivities amounts to (laughs) 4,500. Yes, one meal averaging 4,500 calories. Oh my goodness. I think We should be at about 1,500 calories a day, 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day. So coming in at 4,500 for just your Thanksgiving festivities is quite a bit. So hopefully we're doing some walking or working out before and after. If you're interested in celebrating Thanksgiving 17th century style, if you want to experience it like it was back in the 1600s, part of Plymouth, Massachusetts is still more or less the same as it was back then. Tickets for celebrating Thanksgiving are purchased months in advance. Now, some of us may be interested in that. The first Macy's Day Parade was in the early 1920s, but they didn't have any giant floats or balloons. There are 46 million turkeys. Americans prepare an estimated 46 million turkeys for Thanksgiving feasts every year. That's truly amazing. I guess that's attributing to the 4,500 calories, although turkey is supposed to be very 
light in calories. We're talking about the stuffing. And of course, if you have the mac and cheese, and then you have the gravy and all of the other things. And remember, we talked about those pies, right? (laughs) But all in all, the reasons we love Thanksgiving, of course, is family and friends coming together. We do have a long weekend, and now, uh, of course, we have Black Friday. It's the kickoff to the holiday shopping season, and that's really why we have it, the date that we have it, and what it was really designed for after Franklin Roosevelt. So families really look forward to that four-day weekend, as well as the shopping and the Black Friday sales. And then, as I mentioned, the food. Yes, we come together for the food. It's always a good time and tradition. I know in my household, you know, whether I'm celebrating with my family or even going out to dinner, it's just a nice time to sit and enjoy a good meal with family and friends. So whether you're doing a traditional Thanksgiving, going out for Thanksgiving, a Friendsgiving, I hope that you are enjoying yourself, you're staying safe, you're practicing gratitude, and you truly are grateful for the friends and family you have in your life. Well, that's all I've got for travel news, Thanksgiving style. When I come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute and Maya Danielle McKee, digital creator on her 21 days in Dr. Sebi's Usha village in Honduras. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit the website, TravelingCulturati.com, And while you're there, connect with me on social media and don't forget to join the Travel Club because we go to some fantastic places. As you know, we just returned from Spain and Morocco having a wonderful time and we have many more destinations that we have coming up for 2023 and 2024. Yes, we're already planning for 2024. And now, Javon's Travel Minute. Traveling for the holidays? Well, this year will be the first time since the pandemic that holiday travel will reach pre-pandemic numbers. Lines will be long, more families will travel, and the airlines haven't returned to full capacity. However, they have added more flights and crew. We'll just have to wait and see how increased number of travelers will be handled. Fingers crossed. So here's some top tips for surviving holiday travel. Pack your patience. And remember the reason you're traveling to see family and friends and to practice some gratitude. Take the first flight out in the morning if you can. Fly nonstop if you can. Wear clothes that are comfortable, less bulky, and shoes that slip off for going through security. Hopefully, you have TSA pre-check and clear. But if you don't, again, going back to packing that patience and being prepared to go through the security lane. Avoid the last flight of the day. They can sometimes cancel due to prior flight delays and a domino effect. Fly an airline with multiple flights between your origin and destination so in the event your flight is canceled, there will be other options. Use the airline app for updates and notifications. 
pack some snacks. Airports have many restaurants. However, they can be quite pricey. So if you just want a snack to hold you over till you get to your destination, then you want to pack those with you. You can take those through security, just not the liquids. You can buy those on the other side, or you can bring an empty water bottle and fill it up once you go through security. Now, if you're driving, give your car a checkup to make sure it's road ready. Get the Gas Buddy app so that you can see where and who has the best prices and to make sure that you're not going to run out of gas en route to your destination. Give yourself plenty of time. Have roadside assistance like AAA. Pack a portable phone charger and one that charges in the car. And in any case, pack light and travel light. This is Javon, and that was your Travel Minute, wishing you safe holiday travels. Today, I have a fascinating guest on with me, Maya Danielle McKee, a digital creator and head of digital content for Matt Collection. She spent 21 days in Dr. Sebi's Usha village in Honduras. Dr. Sebi was an herbalist and naturalist linked to many celebrities, but one that we all have known the most about, I think, is Lisa Left Eye Lopez. She spoke about her experiences there many times. Well, hello, Maya, and welcome to Traveling Culturati. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this interview with you today. Absolutely. Well, what prompted you to travel to Dr. Sebi's Usha Village in Honduras? Well, as you mentioned, Left Eye, you know, spoke highly of him before her untimely passing. And my husband and I have just been really trying to improve our overall health since 2016. And we heard a lot about the village, but we didn't know that it was something that was still up and running. And his uncle actually went January of this year. He pretty much was, he was given a few months to live basically. And he went down and within three months, things had completely turned around for him. And so that was pretty much all we needed to know to go down there. And my husband also suffers from sickle cell, which is something that had gotten better in 2016 once we changed our diets. But we heard that doctors say we cured sickle cell. So it was almost a no brainer. We had to go down. How long did you spend there? We spent 21 days there. So we spent three weeks and the village tells you that it's recommended that you stay a minimum of a month just so that you can start to see changes within your body. Um, And if you have different issues with your health. It takes about, I think, 28 days for you to see a difference and for medical officials to see a difference. But unfortunately, we have two small babies. And so we could only stay for three weeks. But I mean, that three weeks was incredible. Like the things that we saw change. Do they have a preset program? There is a minimum seven days that you do have to stay at the village. But They don't walk you through. It's kind of like being on your own. So when you go there, you just have to really be committed to a change and really why you are there. Because the first day that you get there, there really is like no intake process or there's no one to greet you. You're just kind of on your own. And then the second day, 
you'll have someone just kind of like run through the different minerals that you'll take and let you know what you need to do. And then after that, it's kind of up to you to go through with the program and figure out your schedule of taking different minerals, like the times that you want to take it, the times that you want to go to the sauna and the steam bath. Well, and I would imagine that people go there for different reasons. Some may go for just overall or general improvement of their health. But as you mentioned, with your husband and your husband's uncle, there were very specific reasons. Can Mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit more about your uncle's experience? Because you said that he had a diagnosis, basically, but turned things around when he went? Yes. So he had been a heavy smoker and consumed a lot of alcohol throughout his life. He's in his late 60s now. And so his organs were pretty much failing him. And he could barely walk. And it was just really hard for him to do like any day to day activities. And so he did his research. Dr. Sabi is infamous in our community. And so he did his research about the village. He initially ordered minerals. So you can order the minerals and not go down there. But the reason why Dr. Sebi, you know, who is originally from the Caribbean, chose to move to Honduras and set up his village in Honduras is because of the healing waters. The village is set on a hot spring and there it has a natural alkaline like hot spring. So it's naturally alkaline. And so the water is essentially what he says heals you outside of the minerals. But you soak in the mineral water, you drink it and you steam in it daily. And that's supposed to accelerate like your body's healing process alongside the minerals. And so he went down, you know, so he ordered the minerals and he was taking them for about a week and he didn't see an improvement. But obviously a week is not long enough to see an improvement on your health. And so he just decided like, you know, he didn't have anything else to lose. So he would go down to the village. And just within a week of being there, he just sounded different. He sounded more vibrant. You know, his voice had changed. And he stayed six weeks his first time going down. He's been down three times at this point. And he went down twice before we ended up going down. And, you know, just after that six-week experience, like, he had no more pain. And he was able to, like, resume his way of living before falling ill. Wow, that's phenomenal. And what about your husband? Did he see an improvement with his sickle cell? Yes, he did. I mean, almost anything can cause a crisis or a flare up for him. Like if he bumps his arm or if he's in extreme heat or extremely cold temperatures, like literally just anything. And we were coming off of a work trip from Miami before going there. And so he had a flare up. It didn't result in a crisis, but just like sickle cell pain in his arm. And within two days of being there and us drinking the minerals and steaming in the sauna and soaking in the thermal pool, the pain was gone. Like generally he has to take like just very heavy drugs to Mm -hmm. minimize the pain. And while we were down there, he took on the first day two extra shrimp Tylenols and didn't need any pain medicine after that. That is really phenomenal. Now, is it for the body only or does the village give you a mental experience as well? Oh, absolutely. I, in the past, have struggled with anxiety and depression. And so 
just being there like alone without the minerals and without soaking and steaming like it's just so nice to unplug and be there and just be one with nature and the views are incredible and the air just feels different there and so i would recommend anyone go regardless of if they have any health issues i think that it's just a really good way to reset and refocus. And we did a lot of praying while we were there. You know, we did a lot of restructuring of our goals and our businesses. Like it was just really a good place to help us like clear our mind, body, souls and spirits. Now, how did you mentally prepare before going? Yeah, we just said, let's go, let's jump in and let's not have any expectations. And I think that's the best way into going into an experience like that, because it's a resort, but more so like a health and spiritual resort. So it's not like the typical like Ritz Carlton kind of resort, but it's so much more fulfilling. But you just have to have an open mind because you're essentially, you know, you're in nature. And so you're living with all of nature's creations and, you know, you're eating very clean. And so, yeah, I think you just got to go down there with zero expectations the way we did, and you'll have a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the minerals and the water, you mentioned you're eating clean, you're eating healthy. Is it a vegan diet that you're eating while you're there? Yes, it is. You eat twice a day. You get two meals a day. Have your first meal at 8 a.m., and that is either a salad or a bowl of fruit. And like the salad doesn't come with dressing. So a salad, cucumbers onions and peppers, or you can get fruit. And that's at 8 a.m. And you also get bitters at 8 a.m. So that for me was a bitter called Maya and a bitter called Purify. And the Purify was the most intense thing that we had to drink while we were there. And then you get lunch or dinner, I guess, at noon. And that is also either a salad or depending on the day from the chef, and it's probably like three or four different meal options that you will get regardless of if you stay a week or, you know, three months. So it will either be a salad or, you know, maybe veggie empanadas and everything is made with spelt as well. So if you do get like something with bread, it'll be made with spelt flour, which is a flour that is alkaline based. So Um, it sounds like it's raw vegan as well. Yes, it is. It is. Now, I think Getting to a place is part of the experience. How was it getting to the village? How remote is it? It's pretty remote. We flew into San Pedro and it's about a three and a half hour drive from the airport to the village. But there is also two other airports that you can fly into, one of which you would have to take maybe like an hour and a half ferry to and like a 30 minute drive. And the other one is probably about the same amount of time that we spent driving to the village. And so it's right outside of what they would call a big city called La Ceiba, but it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So you don't really have temptations when you get to the village. Like it's not easy to drive out and try to find food that's not on your diet, basically. So that that was really nice. What kind of activities and other things do you do while you're at the village? So they do have Zumba twice a week and then they have a gym, a gym on site. But it's really up to you what activities you choose to do. You can go hiking because it's right alongside a mountain or you can read or 
you know, whatever interests you have, but it's like a self-service resort. So there are not a lot of activities that you can do within the village. Of course, like you can do your research online and like find things that are outside of the village. But when you're in the village, like your main focus is just to heal and rest. Did you get a chance to see other parts of Honduras while you were there? I did not because we travel often. And our day-to-day lives are just super busy. So we just wanted to like rest. We did on the last day before leaving, go into La Ceiba to get like souvenirs for our family and friends. But outside of that, we stayed at the village. You know, it's interesting that you say that because there's a new trend in travel and tourism, which simply just to sleep and rest vacations (laughs) (laughs) so that you're not so interested in going out and seeing everything and doing everything, but really just getting rest because I think we're all kind of sleep deprived and certainly need that kind of rest. And this seems like it really promotes that. Oh, my goodness. It's perfect for it. It truly is. Well, the big question, how was it re-entering your normal life after visiting the village? Oh, my goodness. Honestly, it's a struggle daily. Again, my husband and I travel a lot and we have two small babies that we have now introduced this lifestyle, so to speak, I guess, to. And so there are a lot of temptations. We did introduce fish back into our diets just because I'm still learning to get creative in the kitchen and also learning how to like meal prep and create things that travel well with our girls and also us. So it's been pretty difficult to stick to the diet. Again, we had to add fish back into it for now. And it's a little different because I do feel like the food is much cleaner outside of the States. Sad, but true. But recently I did find a farmer's market near us that is open every Saturday for three hours. And so it's like everything from farm to table. And I can tell the difference between the stuff that I was buying from the grocery store, you know, that were supposed to be organic and that are supposed to be like really good grocery stores. So that has been one good thing about coming back and like really trying to dig into it and hold on to that diet. I found a really awesome farmer's market for, you know, the people that are in Atlanta or close to Atlanta. It's by the Jimmy Carter Center. And again, it's farm to table. It's like different farmers that come from all around Georgia and set up shop here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Do they give you any preparation as you're leaving on how to maintain or get back to your life, but keeping some of that with you? like recipes or schedules or just kind of, you know, leaving you with that exit package, if you will. They do not actually. Again, like when you make the decision to go there, you just have to remember why you're doing it and just stick to that. Because again, like even once you get to the village, the second day, they give you your minerals and they tell you what to do. And then after that, you're on your own. The nurses come bring your bitters twice a day when they bring your food along with the chef. But, you know, there is no one telling you how to do it or when to do it. You just have to like be committed to the journey of healing and a healthier lifestyle. It's a full commitment. It really is. And it's not easy. Like a lot of people, I posted, you know, my experience on social media and a lot of people is like, oh, this looks so relaxing. And this looks like just what I need. And, you know, I had to like let people know, like, it's not easy at all. It's it's very difficult sticking to that regimen of doing the sauna twice a day and doing the thermal pool twice a day, along with taking those minerals and also fasting because we overeat here in the Mm. United States. 
Like, so, and the meal portions are very small. And so not only do you get only two meals a day, but the portions are very small. And so it's hard being hungry. (laughs) (laughs) You really have to be committed and determined to stick with a healthier way of living. Now, you mentioned bitters twice. Are those the minerals when you say bitters? They're all minerals, but the bitters are the minerals that come in liquid form. Mm -hmm. And so one is about an eight ounce cup, excuse me. And I think the other one is about a 12 ounce cup and you get those twice a day. So the other minerals, so I myself took 16 minerals in pill form. My husband took 21 because we had different reasons we were taking minerals. And then in addition to that, you take the liquid bitters twice a day. I see. So I do cook a lot. So bitters really is that liquid extraction of an herb. And usually, and I know this from making cocktails, <laughs> is that you put a dash or two of bitters. So I can only imagine having to drink eight ounces or 12 ounces of bitters. But if it's cleansing, then that's the reason for it. Well, you mentioned that you're now off to Italy very soon. So thank you so much for joining me today and giving us that insight, sharing your experience with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. The history of the first Thanksgiving, that American tradition that is celebrated the fourth Thursday of every November has been taught to us since grade school. But what we've been taught is primarily from one perspective, What about the other side? To help us today is Dennis Zotai, a cultural specialist with the National Museum of American Indians in Washington, D.C. He's joining me today with the Native American perspective on Thanksgiving and if and how Native Americans celebrate this holiday today. Hello, Dennis, and welcome to Traveling Culturati. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very honored. I am honored to have you on with me. What is the perspective of Native Americans on Thanksgiving? From the research that I've done, and I've spoken to many people across the United States through the Internet to find out their perspectives on Thanksgiving. And one thing that keeps coming up is the pilgrims did not introduce the concept of Thanksgiving because the New England tribes already had an autumn harvest feast of Thanksgiving. And to the original people of this continent, each day is a day of Thanksgiving to our creator. With the celebration of harvest, was there a traditional celebration at a specific time each year? And was there a name to it? Each tribe have their own thanksgivings and a lot of times it's for a good harvest or hunt and so this could be at a different time it would occur right after a success had taken place and so was it a concept that was or culture or tradition that was then introduced to the pilgrims i think a shared experience would be the best way to put it. And then when the English arrived at Plymouth, who did they encounter? They encountered the Wampanoag native people that were living in the area. I see. And was this a large group of people? It was actually a confederacy of many different tribes, approximately 50 tribes that formed the Wampanoag confederacy. So who is Squanto? Squanto was actually Tisquantum, Patuxent, And around 1614, he was perhaps maybe 30 years old. He was kidnapped along with others of his people and taken across the Atlantic Ocean to Malaga, Spain, where he was sold into slavery. Monks in Spain bought Squanto, shared their faith with him, 
and made it possible for him to find his way back to England in 1615. In England, he worked for a shipbuilder named John Slaney and became proficient in English. Then, in 1619, Squanto returned to his homeland by joining an exploring expedition along the East New England coast. When he arrived at the village where he had been raised, all his family and the rest of his tribe had been exterminated by a devastating plague. And he was actually introduced to the pilgrims in the spring of 1621, became friends with them, and taught them how to hunt and fish in order to survive in New England. He taught the pilgrims how to plant corn by using fish as fertilizer and how to plant gourds around the corn so that the vines could climb the corn stalk. Due to his knowledge of English, the pilgrims made Squanto an interpreter and emissary between the English and the Wampanoag Confederacy. I see. So very instrumental in the relationship that brought forth what we are now celebrating today in Thanksgiving as far as that exchange of cultural traditions and the harvest and the overall term of Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Now, do Native Americans celebrate or acknowledge Thanksgiving today? It depends on the individual. I don't think anybody actually celebrates the original 1621 Thanksgiving, but I think most families take advantage of the holiday and get together as a family and do family things and thank the Creator for all the blessings that they've received up to this time. And how is that carried out within the families and in the communities? It depends. One thing that I do like to stress to our visitors who do come and I meet with them here at the museum is the diversity. We don't have anything really in common like the Swamp Indians versus the Arctic Natives and the people of the coast versus the desert and people of the desert versus the woodlands versus the plains. You see, we're very, very different and we don't have commonality or a standard way of doing anything. Mm -hmm. Probably the only thing standard we do have that's standardized is a belief in a common creator. You're talking about, of course, the National Museum of American Indians and the courses that you teach or what you show the visitors there. Is Thanksgiving a part of the museum in any kind of exhibit? I'm glad you brought this up because we are going to be premiering a new exhibit called Americans in which we will talk about four concepts that are part of the American grain, and Thanksgiving is one of them. Can you give us a little bit about what that may entail? Exactly what we're talking about in our interview, how Native people see Thanksgiving, and some of the real truths that occurred in accordance with what really did happen during Thanksgiving. One of the things that I saw is that it could be seen as a day of mourning. Oh, absolutely. And how and why is that so? Well, um, let's get back to Squanto. Squanto died in 1622, but the chief of, or Sachem of the Wampanoags outlived the era of relative peace in colonial New England. On May 26, 1637, near the present-day Mystic River in Connecticut. While the warriors were away, an estimated 400 to 700 Pequot women, children, and old men were massacred and burned by combined forces of the Plymouth, 
Massachusetts Bay, and Saybrook colonies, along with their Narragansett and Mohegan allies. The colonial authorities found justification to kill most of the Pequot men and enslave the captured women and their children. The Pequot slaves were sent to Bermuda and the West Indies. I think in 1975, the official number of Pequot people living in Connecticut was only 21. Oh, my. And similar declines of Native population took place throughout New England as an estimated 300,000 Indians died by violence and even more were displaced in New England over the next decades. So looking back at our history, it raises a question. Why should Native people celebrate Thanksgiving as we know it? And this is a story, I think, that needs to be told. Oh, absolutely. And I agree that elementary school children who celebrate the first Thanksgiving in their classrooms are too young to hear the truth. But educators need to share the Thanksgiving facts to all American schools sometime before high school graduation. We're talking about curriculum here and the truth. Exactly. Just to be inclusive, if we're talking about a holiday and a tradition and a culture of giving, of thanksgiving, I think we need to do that. And I thank you for thinking of us. Many times in the media, we're often overlooked on issues that involve our culture. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me today and letting us in on your history and culture. Thank you so much for including me and us. When I come back, I'll have the culture report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm Javon Harley, your host and travel pro. The website, TravelingCulturati.com. Check it out and while you're there, follow me on social media and join that travel club. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the arts, food, music, and sometimes politics and strife. This is the Culture Report and the history of Thanksgiving from the Native American perspective, Native Hope. There are always two sides to a story, and unfortunately, when it comes to history of Thanksgiving, generations of Americans have been taught a one-sided history in homes and in schools. The dominant cultural and historical story has been told from the perspective of the white colonialists who landed near Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts in 1620. In this version of the Thanksgiving story, the holiday commemorates the peaceful, friendly meeting of English settlers and the Wampanoag tribe for three days of feasting and Thanksgiving in 1621. Every year, news outlets and social media are abuzz with Thanksgiving themes. There's little coverage of the fact that November is Native American Heritage Month or that the day after Thanksgiving, known to most as Black Friday, is Native American Heritage Day. The real history of Thanksgiving, however, is this. The mainstream version of the Thanksgiving story paints a picture of courageous Christian settlers braving the perils of the New World and with the help 
of some friendly natives finding a way to make a new life for themselves. In the days around Thanksgiving, many teachers focus on this happy story, helping students make American headdresses out of construction paper and holding Thanksgiving reenactments in their classrooms. Very few teachers realize that construction headdresses and school reenactments create a lump stereotype that Native Americans all wear the same regalia. These school activities also encourage young students to think it is okay to wear culture as a costume. This makes it hard for students to recognize the diversity of Native American tribes and makes students believe it's okay to mimic Native American traditional wear without having an understanding of its spiritual significance. Now, very few teachers get a chance to tell students about the massacres of Native tribes, like the Pico, that took place in the years that followed. They also do not mention that English settlers robbed Wampanoag graves and stole food from them in order to survive during their first years on this new continent. So here's a look at some of the reasons why Thanksgiving is a complex holiday and one that all Americans should approach with greater sensitivity. Thanksgiving is also a national day of mourning. It's important to know that for many Native Americans, Thanksgiving is a day of mourning and protest since it commemorates the arrival of settlers in North America and the centuries of oppression and genocide that followed. Organized by the United American Indians of New England in 1970, the fourth Thursday in November is recognized as the National Day of Mourning for Native Americans and their allies. Many people gather at Coles Hill in Plymouth for an organized rally and day of mourning on Thanksgiving Day. Here's what they have to say about their choice to mourn. Thanksgiving Day is a reminder of the genocide of millions of Native people, the theft of Native lands, and the relentless assault on Native culture. Participants in National Day of Mourning honor Native ancestors and the struggles of Native peoples to survive today. It is a day of remembrance and spiritual connection, as well as a protest of the racism and oppression which Native Americans continue to experience. Some Native Americans mourn publicly and openly, while some simply refrain from participating in the national holiday. Thanksgiving is already a way of life for Native Americans. While some Native Americans have chosen to reject the Thanksgiving holiday entirely, Many embrace the positive message of the holiday and choose to put aside thoughts about the complex history of the day. This is because the idea of giving thanks is central to Native heritage and culture. And in this way, Thanksgiving is simply a chance to appreciate the good things of life, like family, community, and the riches of the land. Long before settlers arrived, Native tribes were celebrating the autumn harvest and the gift of Mother Earth's abundance. Native American spirituality, both traditionally and today, emphasizes gratitude for creation, care for the environment, and recognition of the human need for communion with nature and others. Thanksgiving as a holiday originates from the Native American philosophy of giving without expecting anything in return. In the first celebration of this holiday, the Wampanoag tribe 
only provided the food for the feast, but also the teachings of agriculture and hunting. Corn, beans, wild rice, and turkey are some specific examples of foods introduced by Native Americans. Now, regardless of the origin of the day, many Native Americans will gather with friends and family and use the day to eat good food. Many of the classic Thanksgiving dishes are inspired by indigenous foods, and of course, they give thanks. Stephen Peters, a Wampanoag tribe spokesman, was asked about his views on Thanksgiving and the fact that people still gather to eat turkey and give thanks. Here's what he had to say. I think it's great. My ancestors had four harvest festivals throughout the year, gathering with family, enjoying our company, sharing our blessings, and giving thanks for all that we have is a good thing. I say have more Thanksgiving events throughout the year. I also ask that you take a moment in that day to remember what happened to my people and the history as it was recorded and not the narrative that we have been given in the history books. At Native Hope, there's hope that this Thanksgiving, the hearts of all people, Native and non-Native, are filled with hope, healing, and a desire to dismantle the barriers. Physical, economic, educational, philosophical, and spiritual that divide us and oppress us. This time of the year and these two holidays, Thanksgiving and Native American Heritage Day, give the opportunity to reflect on the collective history and to celebrate the beauty, strength, and resilience of Native tribes of North America. Remember the generosity of the Wampanoag tribe to helpless settlers. Remember the hundreds of thousands of Native Americans who lost their lives at the hands of colonialists and the genocide of whole tribes. Remember the vibrant and powerful Native descendants, families, and communities that persist to this day throughout the culture and the country. Remember people like Sharice Davids and Interior Secretary Deb Holland, who became the first Native American woman to serve as Cabinet Secretary. And last but not least, remember all of the friends and family of Native Hope who have embraced the mission of healing and storytelling. Native Hope says, we give thanks to you for your support. So if you can, Native support. Take some time and honor Native American Heritage Day and understand that to many, it is a day of mourning. So happy Thanksgiving, happy Heritage Day, happy Native American Heritage Day, and wishing you safe and happy holidays. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Confucius. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information.